let's do video two before we actually start showing bits and talking about some some ideas after we just talked about more larger topics around bits in the first video we got to have uh, a whiskey so this one again you know we're a little bit of a theme here this is another whiskey from traverse city whiskey company um this is a, a signature edition it comes in a set of three so we're going to do the other two this is our straight rye whiskey four years old 58.9 percent alcohol which means it is that's very high but it also means it's um, barrel strength um their description on the back is this uncut rye whiskey yep so barrel strength is aged for more than four years and has a traditional rye spice with a buttery finish so ryes do age in barrels faster than bourbon because the rye grain it, it ages more successfully faster than than uh corn and i've had some stuff from traverse city whiskey company before it's interesting because the climate up here is so much different than the climate uh down in uh, kentucky you know they don't have the crazy hot um summers but they do have even more cold in the winter so it's a mellower action up here because you don't have that blazing heat um so stuff is generally less spicy so that's an interesting thing for a rye because rye is spicy so if you like mellow it out the right amount it can be really really nice yeah i mean it just smells 100 percent like rye again with the glass always have to have the right glass yeah it's just a nice rich rye it doesn't smell four years but again like i said rye ages faster Okay, great. Quite spicy, but that also is part of the barrel strength, it being 59%. Um, it definitely, you taste a little bit of mash on the on the front of the palate, which again, has a four-year, but it's not anything abrasive like a very young bourbon can be. There is some, there is some good ripe fruit, um, and then some warming spices at the end. You know, think of like clove, cinnamon, um, etc., it has a very powerful initial flavor in your mouth that does dissipate um, nicely. And then it's just a pleasant dissipation. You know, like what I get in the, uh, you know, lingering is very pleasant. It's a very, you know, four years. Yeah, it's good. Very soft. Love it. Um, all right, so we're going to go through the most common bit types. We're not going to go through any of the crazy complex things because honestly, you shouldn't be using those. When I see people with crazy setups of things, all I think about is that person's struggling. They think the, and the problem's hard. And so they think because the problem is hard, it must be complicated. So I need a complicated setup of bits. That's wrong because generally when you're struggling, it's because you don't understand something. And so having a complicated bit, is very complicated to use. So how are you going to simplify something complicated with more complication? Doesn't make sense. It's most important to focus on your own work and going nice and slowly instead of blaming the bit all the time. But these are going to be basic types and you can extrapolate a lot from 
you know, I'm not going to show you every Pelham, you know, Pelham's a Pelham. So if you have a longer shank one or you have a, you know, rubber mouthpiece, again, the base action is the same. But a concept we need to cover first is the two main groups of bits. Direct contact bits and indirect contact bits. So let's cover them with bits in front of us. So I know we spoke about it in video one where it's not the bits fault, it's the rider's fault. And, you know, I noted people saying, if you, you know, a loose ring's the only bit and every other bit is wrong. If you can't do it in a loose ring, you know, your fault and, you know, pelums are wrong or like, you know, all this stuff. My response when I hear that is, okay, if loose ring is the only bit, then this is okay. This bit is awful, but it's a loose ring. So by that logic, it's okay, but it's not. It is, again, it's about the use and how you use it. If I never put this in a horse's mouth, is that this bit wrong? No. Could you potentially ride a horse well in it? Sure. But it would, you know, yeesh. You know, this is, this is bad. It shouldn't be used. I actually bought it from a store because I didn't want anyone else to buy it and use it. And then they actually bought more and whatever. But look, loose rings can be bad. These blanket statements that people make are wrong. And this is proof. Piece of shit out of here. Okay, you can see here we have an assortment of bits. Again, I, I obviously have more than this, but these are just good examples of their style. And if I show you how to fit a pelon like this or this, you can fit one with longer shanks, shorter shanks, a little bit different mouthpiece. Doesn't really change things that much. Similar with the other ones. So let's first get on the same page of what I mean by a direct contact bit and an indirect contact bit. So a direct contact bit is where your rein is connected from your hand directly to the horse's mouth with no rotational action that the bit does. So a direct contact bit is a bit like these full cheeks here, loose rings, egg butt, a D ring uh, is another example. Those are all direct contact. When you pull the reins on this bit, it goes directly to moving the bit. And indirect contact bit, again, anything with rotation. Three ring here, uh, double bridle, butterfly, gag, pelums, swales, uh, hack a bit, hack a more as well. They are indirect because they rotate. Here is a pelum. Instead of when you pull its direct line, when I pull my second rein or the converter, however you attach it, this will rotate in the horse's mouth, tightening the chain that is connected to this hook on the bottom of the horse's chin and lowering. You see, this is where the cheek piece goes, lowering this ring and putting pull pressure. That is how this bit is designed. If your horse does not like pull pressure and you're using a pelum, your bit you chose is intentionally designed to apply pressure to the pull, but still, the point is there's an indirect link. And 
indirect bits. Uh, another example before we go farther: three ring snaffle. Some people call it, some people call this a two ring, but I see three rings. So three ring. When you when this is in the horse's mouth, and I cheek piece goes here, one rein here, one rein here, or converters. When I pull this, it rotates this ring, lowering, putting pull pressure. If you have a chain, chain as well, but it uh, has a rotational action to it. That's indirect. And, you know, big examples of indirect would be like a hackamore. You know, there's a lot of rotation in the shanks that has a bit of a numbing effect to your hands. There's more travel in your hands. And numbing is not, maybe not the right term, evening out. Direct contact bits, like a loose ring, they, that direct contact can be, if your hand is not very accurate, 100% of your action is being transmitted to the horse. And so the horse might not like that. Where it indirects, not 100% of your hand action is going to the horse's mouth, and that could be a good thing. For some riders and some horses, it's not a bad thing. Um, it's just a difference of how force is applied. Um, I would argue this bit used poorly versus this bit used well, I would rather the bit be used well, no matter what the bit type is. There's something my grandfather taught me when I was, uh, he was teaching me how to play golf when I was a kid. Because I was a kid, I wanted, you know, all the golf clubs for every situation and because that would just make me a better golfer. But he taught me it's better for you to know what you can do with one or two clubs than for you to not know what you can do with 16 clubs or 10 clubs or whatever. And that's the same with bits. Look, there's, there's a twist like this. Here's, you know, um, a rubber three-piece full cheek. There's a slow twist uh, three-piece loose ring. There's a vulcanite swale here, metal swale here. There's so many different options. You know, like the full cheek, same cheek piece, different mouthpiece. There's so many different iterations. And I know it can be very enticing to, you, you want to have a lot of variety to cover all your bases. But what's most important is actually what you know you can do with a couple bits. I really don't use that many bits because I know what I can do with a hollow three ring. I know what I can do with a double bridle. I don't need a million iterations of it in my everyday use. So I don't use that many bits and I encourage you to really not obsess over having every bit or tons of variety because again, it matters what you know you can do with the bit. So I think the best step now is for us to go and I will show you how I fit the bits. And then we'll have a brief discussion of what I feel the bit does well and what I feel the bit doesn't do well. Now, this is a personal thing. You might have different feelings and opinions about it. I'm not right. You're not wrong. You might love a bit that I don't like. Totally fine.